I'm Lena van Tolberg for Biz News. 2023 was the year that the South African Treasury reacted to the flood of private capital legally leaving the country with what some commentators described as a sneaky regulation change just before the May long weekend. So what does this mean for South Africans who want to internationalize their assets in 2024? We have Graham Barrett from Sable International in the studio to help us make sense of it. So was that a sneaky change in the regulations, Greg? Hi, Linda. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that obviously there's a lot of uh, reaction to it and guys trying to uh, make sense of it all. Um, but essentially, you know, the, the change was, was um, not very meaningful. There's, they, there's a name change. So the, you know, previously known as a tax return certificate is now your approved international transfer um, it's the same kind of process of, you know, you apply to SARS, you get a PIN, you get the clearance to be able to send your funds out. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's sneaky. I think they're just trying to sort of get their ducks in a row. Essentially what SARS are trying to do is they're trying to make sure that uh, they've accounted for all the guys that have externalized wealth over the generations prior to, to now, really. Um, so it's a little bit more due diligence that we just need to get. Um, but getting the clearances and that sort of thing is still um, a simple process, you know, doing it through e-filing. When I say simple, it's simple for, for companies like ourselves who do it regularly, right? Um, for your everyday um, investor looking to to externalize some funds, it can be quite a challenging process. So can you say they've they've brought back exchange controls or is it they've never let go of exchange controls? It's never left. Exchange control is here, and I don't think it's it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Obviously, the you know the regulations or the controls essentially have been relaxed somewhat. Um, you know, sort of uh, years ago, we were able to only send your sort of million out, and then it was two million over a lifetime, and then four million, um, and then it's then we got given the SDA, your single discretionary allowance, which is that one million that you can send out as a a gift loan or travel allowance, and then it got extended to to further 10 million as part of that previously known as the tax credit certificate and now your approved international transfer. So as a South African resident over the age of 18 with a with a tax number in good standing, you can send up to 11 million rand abroad uh, for investment purposes. So is exchange control gone? No. Um, is it going anywhere? I don't think so. Have they relaxed a little bit? Yes, they have. Um, did they you know, make it a name change? Yes. Um, is it the end of the world? No, not at all. Guys are still sending funds funds abroad, uh, legitimate funds, obviously. I mean, this is the process to make sure that you've um, SARS has had their slice of the pie, right? They want to make sure that the funds have been earned legitimately, that you've reported them, and that you've paid tax on them. Once you've done that, you can you can externalize the funds, no problem. So what did you find from your clients? Are they confused? There was huge confusion. Obviously, there's a bit of a buzz and... With any change, you know, people are reluctant to change and they're a little bit nervous, like, oh, what's this now? Um, guys are, no one really wants SARS to be poking around in their affairs. Um, but at the same time, if you, you know, if you dotted the I's and crossed the T's and you've done your stuff uh, the way it should have been done, then then you shouldn't really have any issue. Um, one of the uh, regulations or the um, due diligence sort of enhancements was actually try, um, SARS are looking to understand your worldwide assets now. And they also want to, instead of having sort of three years assets liabilities, they look for five years. 
So essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to um, catch those guys, well, I say catch them, they're, they're trying to understand uh, the investors that have previously sent funds aboard. So when you're disclosing your worldwide assets, then obviously you are, you know, that could be taxable income depending on, um, you know, where your funds are, how much you've sent and so on. Um, so that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to see if they're, they're getting their slice of the pie. Well, it seems this resident, non-resident status is also quite confusing. Very. Yeah, it's super confusing. I mean, um, and also the, you know, formally to uh, that financial immigration, you know, formal financial immigration and then sort of cease to become tax resident. Those changes absolutely are confusing. Um, some guys are unsure. You know, you, you, we, we chat to some of our clients and they'll say, oh, you know, we're receiving an inheritance or, and we say, okay, where are you from? They um, and they'll say, oh, I'm from England. I've been living in England my whole life. It's so fantastic. And then all of a sudden you get a copy of their passport and it says born in Cape Town or born in Johannesburg. Um, so in actual fact, they're probably a South African resident temporary abroad in the eyes of the SAR or SAR. So, um, you know, have they financially immigrated? Did they fill in their MP, MP336B and, you know, have it uh, put with, with uh, the SAR? Well, maybe not. They actually just got on the plane and left when they were a child or, or whatever it is. So those are the kind of questions that we ask our clients. And we've got a whole sort of decision tree or um, question answer model that we'll go through. Uh, and that'll tell us, you know, it will give us a huge indication as to what the best process is for the clients. It's it's case by case. It's not, not easily defined. I can't say you must or you mustn't. We have to have a discussion about it. Well, um, what about people who left a long time ago in the year Futsack and they sold assets? Is is that what SARS is trying to do, to tax that capital gains? No, I think they just want to understand where everybody sits, you know. So if, you, if you've if you got a green barcode ID and you were born um, in South Africa, but you're living somewhere, you know, where are you, where are you domiciled? Where are you tax resident? They just want to understand everything. So I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, it's a terrible Um they, they're just actually coming to the party now. They're starting to understand, um, you know, South Africans and where they are, what they're doing and and what, what they've done with their funds previously. So one thing I've heard is that some people encourage their kids to leave before 18 so that this does not happen, that they do not have the problem of exchange controls once they start accumulating assets. Well, yeah, so, so it depends. I mean, there again, that's going to be a different scenario based on uh, whether they've worked abroad. Because obviously when you, even when you, even if you leave as a child, um, you're still deemed as a South African resident. You've got a green barcode, an ID or a, one of the new ID cards and so on. Even if you didn't have an active tax number, uh, you may need to register and then deregister. So again, it's, it's difficult. I wouldn't say that's the uh, best advice. Um, we don't we don't give advice. What we try and do is we try and understand where the clients are sitting, what their scenario is, and what's the best way for them to receive funds or um, you know, have their tax affairs in an order. So we're at the end of two thousand and twenty three, two thousand and twenty four coming. Um, what are the options if a client comes to you and says, "I want to internationalize my assets." Sure. There's there's so many uh, options. I mean, uh, within the Sable International Group, you know, we offer investment through migration. uh, We offer, you know, real estate options. We've got investment portfolios. Um, 
essentially, we, we need to understand the client's risk profile. We need to understand their time horizon. What are they looking to do? Um, a lot of the clients that come to us, they actually come to us. Uh, a visa business is, is a big part of our business. I represent the Forex business. So we actually just move the money from one account to the next. Um, and, you know, we help them get a better rate um, and give them that kind of private banking approach or service levels. Um, but in terms of guys looking to internationalize themselves, essentially what people, and it's been a buzzword for forever, right? I mean, Jan Smith was um, quoted in saying, um, South Africa is one of those funny places that's um, uh, never as bad as it could be, but it's never as good as it should be. Um, and that still rings true. So so in that conversation or along that sort of line, guys are thinking, well, what do I need to do? What's a plan B? Um, I mean, the lifestyle in South Africa is unparalleled, right? It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I mean, I'm in Cape Town. It's it's summer. We have a we've had semigration from the from the north coming down into the Western Cape. Um, guys have seen that you know the beach living and golf courses and that sort of things are way to go. Um, but also, um, you know, it, it's good to diversify, have funds invested abroad. Um, if you are eligible to get a visa or a passport for another country, you know, for a European Union uh, nation or the UK or or Australia, whatever. Um, sometimes guys just like to have that sort of in their back pocket, you know. So we've got an election coming up, which always brings uncertainty to all countries and maybe even more in South Africa. So, you know, if you look at Forex, what's that going to do to the RAND? Well, it's already happened. I mean, it gets priced in already. You know, we, hmm. um, I think we started this year, we were at 1667. There's a lot of things. Listen, the the local factors obviously play a role, but but essentially the RAND is a, a minor currency. And, and we, you know, if when the US sneezes, we catch a cold like the rest of the world, you know, the emerging market currency. So we are sort of, uh, we left to, to sort of, mop up what happens along the rest of the world and and we feel the brunt of it so is south africa is the rand devalued i mean we've lost it we sort of when i say lost we've lost value haven't lost it um we've lost quite a considerable amount you know from 1667 we went up to 1990 even um at the high sort of in june um and now coming into december which typically over the years we see the rand strengthen going into um december january but uh, but still, we're hovering around that sort of 18, 19, uh, 19 level to the US dollar. So, yeah, um, it's a topsy-turvy world, especially the RAND. I mean, if anyone, um, I used to trade currency many moons ago. And uh, when I was being trained or, you know, going to a couple of classes, uh, the instructor was never trade the RAND. It's the most volatile currency out there. So, um, are we undervalued? Sure. Um, I think, you know, with the elections coming along, um, if effectively, South Africa's for sale. So, so you know, we we hugely undervalued. Um, probably like a fair market value would be sort of maybe around sort of 15, you know, 16. But it takes a, takes a hell of a long time for it to strengthen. Um, it can weaken a lot faster than it can strengthen. But, but there's definitely room for it to pull back and strengthen. So if a client asked you, okay, I want to move money overseas, is this a good time? What would you say? I, I'd ask them, I'd say, okay, cool. What is your, what's your time horizon? 
you know, obviously we've got that calendar year story um, now with our exchange control. So there's a lot of guys moving money now in the, in the next sort of week or two because their mm-hmm. allowance for the calendar year is running out. But again, that calendar year that allowance opens up next year. So it depends how much they want to send um, and um, and what their time horizon is. What, what is their need? You know, are they looking to get out and now if they're looking to, to go now because they need the money um, in the UK or wherever they're going in Canada or uh, US, then, you know, perhaps today's a good day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say, listen, you wait for the ebbs and flows. If you've got the time, uh, you pick a, a sort of a, a range or a number where you want to, where you feel that you've got fair market value for it. And then you go and you externalize at that time. So, so people aren't saying that, um, you know, coming to you and say, I want to move money, you know, I'm not pressed for anything. I'm just looking for, at the political landscape and I want to pick the right time. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're looking at, they're looking at diversifying their portfolio. So they're also looking at externalizing funds and having it, you know, set in another currency. Um, there's also, it depends, you know, if guys are trading in shares and they've got an offshore share that looks good to them, they want to get invested. Um, so it also comes on the back of what their advisors are advising them uh, in terms of where to, you know, what shares to invest in, or maybe they're looking to purchase a property, a second home um, somewhere else, um, you know, and in in, a, in the UK or, um, I mean, I reference the UK quite a lot because obviously we, we have good ties with them um, and Europe, you know, as a holiday and that's, that's a way to externalize funds and some people see property as a, as a good safe investment. And it's in another currency. So they're then safeguarding against the depreciation of the rand. What if there, there's somebody, you mentioned that case, of somebody who's left a long time ago and now suddenly, you know, SARS wants to know where everybody is in the world. And um, what should their first step be? Uh, Linda, I think that's a very, very good question because guys are unsure. You know, they don't know where to go, who to talk to and, and what to do, essentially. Um I think they, you know, they need to contact a professional. They need to come to, you know, in terms of externalizing funds, they need to chat to a treasury outsourcing company, much like Sable International, um, and we can give you options. You know, we can help understand their needs. And and first of all, we this is what we do, right? It's it's our focus. It's our core business. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, uh, when clients go directly to the bank or try and do it on their own. Uh, they run into a couple of hurdles. You know, they chat to call centers or they're, they're chatting to guys that are uh, somewhat in the know, but then, you know, they're not chatting to the professionals that know exactly what they need to do. And they get pointed in the wrong direction. It's kind of like that um, Where's Douglas Green advert. I don't know if you remember that. You know, it's like, Where's Douglas Green? It's it's, it's kind of one of those things. So chat to, chat to a professional. Um, we'll sit down. We'll understand your needs. Uh, and we'll give you guidance. Uh, whether you know whether you use that, use it or not, that's obviously your prerogative. But it's absolutely the best. The best idea is to go to your financial advisor or, or chat to a treasury outsourcing company like us. So you sort of shouldn't go straight to SARS and say, "Listen, I want to be. I'm a non-resident. I'm not a resident." Oh, it's so difficult. Eh? It's it's t- yeah. You're not going to get to chat to anyone anyway. It's moving online, and you you know you got to wait in queues for days to get into to those things and. And listen, that's the reason why we have a job. That's the reason why I have a job, actually, is, is why we're in business. The service that we're offering is not something that, you know, the high street banks or um, tax practitioners or what have you can can offer. 
Um, the fact is they've got thousands and thousands of clients. They just don't have the time to sit down and understand it. Um, this is our business. It's the only thing we do. And our clients are, um, you know, they're the most important people in our lives. Without them, we, we don't have a job. So we almost uh, think that the institutions and the, and the banks um, keep uh, sort of making hiccups or give us reason to, ha- to have a job out there and roll out the red carpet for our clients. Graham Barrett from Sable International. Thanks for talking to us.